This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Equity Minds! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is easy. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Alec the Renahan Ren. Well, Ren Renahan. How are you going, bro? <laughs> Even better after that intro, mate. Even better. <laughs> yeah, so what's news? What is news? Well, that's what this episode's all about, isn't it? We're sticking to our uh, learn to invest in 15 minutes or less, uh, yes. so we're not going to waffle on like no. we used to, but we're going to rip start. through two big news stories of the day, and there might be a little bit of waffle in there. We, have, we haven't touched on news for a while, so, well, let's get stuck in. Firstly, big news yesterday, Ren. Big, big news. Big news. Tipping your hand a little bit about when we record this, uh, but yesterday <laughs> for us at the time of recording... <laughs> Uh, yeah, Coles is becoming its own company. Yeah, well, if, if for those that were listening on our previous, uh, maybe it was three or four episodes ago, Ren, you actually spoke about West Farmers and you said that it was uh, a company to watch. You, you had it as a hold at the moment uh, because of what's going on with their Bunnings, but now they're demerging. They don't want Coles anymore. So for those that aren't aware, West Farmers is a, uh, a company that owns Bunnings, it owns a whole heap of coal. Uh, it owns Kmart, it owns Target, Coles, Office Target, Officeworks, huge. And yesterday, they pretty much said, Coles, you got to go on your own. You're out of here. Yeah. The background is uh, West Farmers bought Coles Meyer in 2007 or 2008. 2007. Yeah. Uh, and they well, they got rid of Meyer pretty quick smart, which was a good move on their part. Um, And then they basically turned Coles around. So Coles was pretty shocking when uh, West Farmers bought them. Uh, And in the 10 years, they've had pretty crazy growth. They've really become a lot stronger as a company. And now West Farmers are saying... (laughs) What was that? (laughs) Crazy grow. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> anyway, keep going. Uh, you're just a little bit jaded because you work for Woolworths. But, um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, they decided that 
I mean, the way they're spinning it is that Coles has been turned around and it's ready to become its own company. Uh, yeah. I think the more accurate reason is that Coles uses about 60% of West Farmers working capital, but only contributes about 30-odd percent to their earnings. Yes. So, they their return on capital isn't as efficient as other companies like Bunnings and Kmart, and they, co- they couldn't sell uh, Target for anything these days. No, and so, you wouldn't sell. I think they're just uh, trying to find a more efficient use of their capital. Definitely. Reading between the lines, that's very much what it seemed. It's also worth mentioning that their CEO or your director, John Durkin, has stood down or was moved on. And stood you're down get in inverted commas, I think. Yes, I, I would say so. Well, and well, here's you- a question for you. So, obviously, neither of us are CEOs, but would if you were doing something like this, would you want to put the new CEO in place at the start of the process so they could see the company through the transition and then um, like onwards? Or would you have the existing CEO uh, see them through the transition, set them up for success as a public company, and then leave and get replaced? It's an interesting question. I think that you're always better to get rid of... Like, the writing's on the wall for him now. Everyone knows he's going, I would be putting someone new in there now. Yeah. Well, that's what they did. So, uh, lucky they listened But I thought he was seeing out... I thought he still had a while to go. Yeah, I, they they haven't said the date. Well, at least I haven't seen the date that he's going, but they've announced his replacement. Yeah. Um, so I imagine that it's not going to be too long. I think what's going to happen is he will stay in like an advisory capacity mm-hmm. um, to ensure a smooth transition, you know, all that. Mm. But yeah, look, big, big news. Coles big will news. instantly become one of the 30 largest publicly traded companies in Australia. Yep. So, they're going to be pretty massive in their own right. Yeah. But now, they are all grown up, you know, they're leaving home and um, let's see how they go on their own. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Are you? Would you be interested in buying when they go public? Oh, look, I wouldn't be against it, but I'm not sure it's the best use of funds. I think yeah. you can probably find better value and more growth out there. Um, but look, I think, you know, fresh food retail is a very consistent business. I I wouldn't be worried about it going to zero if I bought it. Uh, but you know, at at my stage in life, I'm looking for a little bit more upside. I think both Woolies and Coles, the market really doesn't grow. The market grows at like the rate of inflation, basically. Um, people aren't getting pay rises, so they can't buy more groceries, uh, so I think the the whole market conditions is probably a little bit unattractive for me, but I think both Coles and Woolies are well run companies with a lot of talented people. So I don't I don't think mm. you would be making a massive mistake if you mm. put mm. some money in it and left it for ten or fifteen years. Mm. And I also think, well, the share price for West Farmers went up yesterday six percent, and Metcash actually went down six percent as well because their CEO is now going to be the CEO of Coles. Yeah, he's not their full CEO. He's their CEO of supermarkets. Metcalf right. owns some other businesses as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the successes of, of West Farmers once once Coles go and what they actually do with this $19.4 billion that they reckon they're going to be getting from the sale of Coles and, and it, it might be a good opportunity to buy some West Farmers as well. Yeah, I think part of the reason that West Farmers went up is that, you know, 
West Farmers shareholders at the moment are all of a sudden going to get shares in Coles and keep yeah. their shares in West Farmers. Yeah. Um, and then West Farmers is now going to have, as you said, $20 billion to buy something. So yeah. Yeah. I think as a West Farmers shareholder, you'd be pretty happy because... You and buy Woolies? <laughs> West Farmers buys Woolies. <laughs> Interesting. Well, here's my question. Does Amazon buy Coles or Walmart recently bought Asda in the UK... Does Walmart expand to another market and buy Coles? I don't think Walmart does. I, uh, I I don't know. It's a tough one, actually. Like Walmart would definitely be doing that to compete with the likes of Amazon. I yeah, I think you know Walmart. It has half a trillion dollars in revenue a year, like five hundred billion dollars in, yeah, year, in yeah. revenue. I think it is constantly looking for ways to grow, increase that. Um, yeah, and I yeah. think that it it is looking outside of. America to do that. Obviously, Australia isn't a huge market compared to the UK. So, but I guess the question is why? Why? Why have we never said will Coles, uh, will Amazon or Walmart buy Woolworths, for example, or buy? Well, Woolworths is a lot bigger, I think. Well, it's, it's bigger. From, you're just saying so from a price perspective, Coles is attractive. Well, it depends what Coles trades at, I guess. But look, I, I'm I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just throwing it out there as a possibility. Yeah, yeah. it is a possibility. It definitely is. Yeah. They spent twenty billion on Whole Foods, Whole Foods Mark, exactly, um, Amazon yeah. did. So it's not out of the possi- out of the realm of possibility. But who knows? Who knows? Anyway, yeah. let's move on to the second bit of news. Yeah, uh, Trump war, trade war. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we've been waiting for this one for a while. Uh, yeah. And it's finally here, you know? Yes. It's happening. Bang, boom. Well, what's happening, Ren? There's a war going on, I hear, there with Trump is a and war trade going and on. China. <laughs> Enlighten me, for those that are unaware. So, everyone reckons Trump started this trade war. He didn't. He Ooh. just he Ooh. just escalated it. Um. So, no, nah, like, <laughs> Chinese steel uh, has been... Uh, He's been controversial for a while. Well, Chinese trade policy more generally has been controversial for a while. George W. Bush was the first U.S. president to put steel tariffs on. They didn't last very long because, uh, as most people are aware, uh, trade restrictions generally aren't effective and they, uh, they were taken off. Then what happened was under Obama, the Chinese really ramped up a lot of their uh, steel dumping. Uh, they were subsidizing a lot of... Chinese companies to uh, overproduce and then dump it on the world stage. And then also there was a lot of concerns around intellectual property theft. So the Obama administration started a bunch of inquiries and the first lot of tariffs that were put on were actually the result of one of those inquiries and the Trump administration put tariffs on washing machines and solar panels. Interesting. Yeah, big, big ticket items. Uh, what do you reckon? Uh, what do you reckon a good tariff for a washing machine is? Good tariff for a washing machine is eighteen percent. Ooh, well, Trump won up to you there, mate. Fifty up to fifty percent. Oh, yeah. what? And then what about solar panels? You know, clean energy revolution. Oh, Trump well, does love solar coal. panels. Trump loves solar panels, so we're looking at about seventy-five <laughs> percent. Oh no, not that high. Up to thirty percent for solar panels. Wow. So okay. that was the that was the opening salvo. That was the first shot across the bow. No one really paid as much attention to it, but the next one was uh, a little bit more notable, and I'm sure most people have heard about it, the steel and aluminum tariffs. 
Aluminum. Well, you see, Are that's you my first question. Is aluminum aluminium. Is it the same thing? Because it's spelled differently. Yeah, they spell it differently, but, but it's, it's definitely the same, the same thing. So aluminum yeah. and aluminum. They're like aluminum. The yeah, I know. Well, there you go. I listened to too much news and now I'm bloody stuck in there. Uh, you're becoming American. Oh yeah. my God. I'm with your Trump. <laughs> aluminum for life. <laughs> um, so yeah, 25% for steel and 10% for aluminum. Um, <laughs> So that that's, that's the, big. That's the big one, and um, commodity items. The big the big one is steel because uh, yeah. obviously there's a lot of controversy over Chinese steel dumping. Now, um, the 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 wrinkle in all this is that China isn't actually the biggest import uh, exporter of steel to America. Have a guess which country sends the most steel to America. Um, I actually do know this. Let me rack my brain. It is um, Canada. Nailed it. Yeah, so Canada. And would you believe it that right at the moment, the North American Free Trade Agreement, uh, an agreement between Canada, US and Mexico, which was signed under Bill Clinton, so 20 years ago now, is actually being renegotiated because Trump basically tore it up. Yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence that they put the steel tariff on at the same time that they were renegotiating NAFTA and then they said we're open to negotiate exceptions. So I think it gave them a lot of leverage in that negotiation and Canada now does have an exception as does Mexico and Australia. So we got it on the basis of national security. Which is in like, what does that even mean? I think it's because uh, we need a steel industry to uh, make our own planes and boats. But I think it's more that we have been a pretty loyal national security partner. We're one of the few countries in the world where Australia, where America has a trade surplus with us, which is something that Trump is big on. He hates having trade deficits with countries. Which is a stupid train of thought, but anyway. It's Trump. I know, I know, I know. There's some really interesting articles out there about the just the full court press that Malcolm Turnbull did to get this exemption and like full credit to the bloke whether you like him or don't I, I think it's worth reading what he and Julie Bishop and Joe Hockey the ambassador did including sending like a delegation of Australian business leaders who Trump likes um, Anthony Pratt is one smart a couple of others that Trump knows Murdoch likes. and the big one is uh, Greg Norman the golfer Trump loves, because Trump loves golf and apparently loves he's pretty golf, good at golf yeah. and I think he's played with Greg Norman in the past and so Greg Norman went and like introduced Trump to all these business people at the what White the House hell? but it, it worked what we the got hell? the exemption so stupid they have I know, to do I know. That. but give it a Google uh, it, it literally was like a year and a half of Malcolm fighting the good fight uh, for uh. Australia so you know whether you like him or not I think the way he's managed a pretty volatile president uh, is credit to to him Right. Well, let's bring it back from to an inv- investing point of view, Ren. And I guess the question is, now that these are up, what, what does it actually mean for, for from a global point of view? There's a lot of people saying that this is the start of the trade wars. That's the big question. So no one knows at this stage. But the, the big unknown right now is what's going to happen in retaliation. So yeah. uh, Europe, uh, the EU is considering retaliating. Uh, and they're being, being very tactical in their considerations. So the big three products that they're considering retaliating uh, with are tariffs on American bourbon, tariffs on Harley Davidsons, and tariffs on uh, blue jeans, American blue jeans. 
Now, you really? might think that's a pretty uh, eclectic mix of products, I guess. A little bit random, you could say. Obviously worth a lot to the US economy, though. Right, they're, they're worth a lot to certain people. So, Bourbon right. is ah. the Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell, is from Kentucky, which is a heavy bourbon producer. Uh, Harley-Davidson's are produced in the Republican Speaker's area. Uh, so, that's Paul Ryan, who's getting affected by it. Interesting. And then, thirdly, the Democratic Leader of the House, Nancy Pelosi, represents the area in San Francisco where blue jeans, uh, Le- well, Levi's jeans are made. So, wow. they're being very tactical in who they are hitting and who they're... Trying to hit them where it hurts yeah, the most. Yeah, yeah. So, mm, that's mm. why. They're also looking at putting tariffs on uh, orange juice and uh, peanut butter and I think cranberries as well. So, um, wow. e- EU just cherry-picking some products there. Uh, and then the big one is what we're trying to do. That is the big question. They, they've they said they're not going to do anything at this stage. They want to just wait and see. That, but, that's um, a lot. But <laughs> <laughs> they are also doing a, a year-long uh, probe into American subsidies of sorghum. <laughs> now, that's not a made-up word, I promise you. <laughs> it's spelled S-O-R-G-H-U-M, and it's basically like a grain. But I, I think the, the broader investigation will turn into American agricultural subsidies of things like wheat, corn, soy, and whatever this sorg is. (laughs) Um, Because America do uh, subsidize their agricultural sector a lot. And then maybe if if China were to put tariffs on those products, because a lot of those products, especially soy, goes into uh, cattle feed. uh, And so that if China were to put tariffs on that, uh, there would be a pretty large effect on American agricultural producers, which um, politically is really difficult for Americans. Interesting to see. At this stage, it's just Trump uh, who's put tariffs on, but I wouldn't be surprised if China or Europe follow. Yeah, that's going to be a watch this space. I'm very keen to see what happens because China in their quest to be a superpower is surely not going to sit back and let this happen let Trump dictate them, but who knows? Who knows? Now, I've got to say that I think I rambled a little bit too long. We went over the 15-minute mark, so we'll try and edit it down, but if this is if this is the first episode over 15 minutes, I take full responsibility <laughs> yes, for that. certainly. <laughs> All right, guys, well, that's it. Uh, Cole's demerged from, uh, de-merged from <clears throat> pardon me, West Farmers. Um, that's big news. Check it out. Check out their ASX uh, market release for some further information on that. And Ren has got deep into the trade war uh, that's been going on for a while now. And uh, watch this space because we're keen to see how it impacts, the, I guess, the broader global economy and how these governments are going to react to Trump. So, And I don't want to see any tariffs on my sword <laughs> as well. Yeah, you're a big user <laughs> of that, Ren, so... So thanks for listening, guys. As always, it's it's always uh, fun to do this with you, Ren. So I hope you guys are getting something out of it. Um, and I hope you guys are enjoying Learn to Invest in 15 Minutes or Less. We'll just talk to you next week. Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. Equity mates. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 